deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi there, you're listening to More Than Potential, the podcast. I'm your host, Faith. So I hope you guys had a great week. TGIF, I'm just so grateful it's the weekend. It's been a long one. Um, It's been a long week, I should say. But for this specific episode, I wanted to talk about something that hits a little close to home for me. As, well... I guess some of my episodes do, I mean, a good chunk of them do, but this one kind of hits differently because it's something that I'm kind of going through right now. I want to talk about female friendships. I have had a lot of different female friends in my lifetime, some good, some not so good. And I kind of wanted to share some of my experiences and some of the challenges that I've had to deal with over the years and there's no real specific reason for this topic it was just something I was reflecting on over the previous week or so and I I was not really sure if I really wanted to do an episode on this or if I just wanted to put it in my pocket for later but more recently you know within the past few days I decided to just go ahead and, and do the episode and kind of share my thoughts and feelings So that being said, before we get started, just want to thank you all so much for supporting the podcast. If you like what you're hearing, please rate the podcast five stars on wherever you listen to your podcast because you love us that much. And of course, leave a review. It's easier for people to find the podcast and the algorithm when we have ratings and reviews and commentary from other people who are enjoying the show. So That being said, let's get into it. Um, One thing that I've found, at least with a lot of my female friends, is that there is always this like tense relationship in the sense that you can be friends with these people, but I do think that in a group setting, like within a group dynamic, there's a lot of uh, complexity to the relationships. So, you know, in a group of five girls, Some of them are closer to each other than other girls in the group. There may be one group, one girl in the group who may be, may not know that she's the joke, quote unquote, of the group, or she's the girl that, you know, the people invite her for entertainment, but deep down, she's not a core part of the group. Um, You got the two people that are best friends. Um, You have the other two that's the best friend and the one person that's just left out. Um, you will have situations where um, the there's like complexity there, I guess I should say, that matters. And so you see these group dynamics and sometimes it's not healthy. Um, that's why it's hard sometimes to get introduced to a new group of women because you don't really know how they're going to receive you and how you're going to interact with each 
of the different women, right? Because your relationship with each one of them is going to be different. And I and it's hard to admit because I personally love, you know, having female friends. I get a lot of fulfillment from it because I do think they're able to meet me where I am emotionally, but there are a lot of challenges. And one of the challenges that I've, you know, had to overcome is the constant social anxiety because you feel like in some cases you're being judged. Now, this varies case by case, but I do think there are certain types of women that if I'm around them for long periods of time, I'm super uncomfortable. And one of them is the woman who is the gossiper. Like women who gossip frequently bother me. They bother me so much because they're such untrustworthy people. Like these are the types of women you barely keep around for entertainment because my mom used to just to used to um, have this saying where you got to be careful of the dog that brings you a bone because they're going to take one back. Which is to say, be careful of the person that's bringing you all this gossip because they're going to gossip about you to somebody else, you know? And so I feel like my mindset around these women is always very, like, to be very cautious because you don't really know where their loyalties lie and they'll collect information on everyone to then report back to somebody else who may not even know you. And that offends me. I think girl code is that you don't take things within the group outside of the group to other people. And I also feel like an unspoken part of girl code is that you shouldn't run and tell somebody else's business, especially if you know it could be hurtful or damaging to their reputation, or maybe it's something private or sensitive that they don't want you to share. But I think I've still encountered several women in my life who their main personality trait is that they got dirt on everybody. They love to collect information and tea on people and then spill the tea, quote unquote, to other people who are unrelated to the situation. And that stopped being cute in high school. Like once you got to college and then you graduate college and move on, I shouldn't really be seeing this kind of behavior, this gossiping backbiting behavior. Like it's very toxic. And I don't know, I just have less and less of a tolerance for it as I age. And I think too many women are entertaining these sorts of women because I don't know, you like the entertainment, you love the gossip, you want to be in the know, but I don't know, I don't like it. And I'm seeing this like culture on social media, specifically on TikTok, enabling and endorsing people to gossip about others and getting in somebody else's business in their personal life. I don't agree with it. I don't. It can be very malicious. It's 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 not always done in a malevolent way, but most of the time the gossip is malicious. Like it's it's not helpful. It's just being a busybody. I don't like it, y'all. I'm gonna be honest with you. Another type of woman that I find very difficult in group settings is there's always one woman that will center her entire life around her relationship. So you can't go anywhere unless she's calling her boyfriend to check in with him or she's trying to invite her boyfriend to to friend events or there's the woman who, you know, she's just constantly talking about her boyfriend and inserting him into the conversation when it's not relevant. Like she just can't help but let everybody know that she has a man. And it's it's not 
as bad as the gossiper, but it does get in the way of actual conversations being had because no conversation you will ever have with her involved will pass the Bechdel test. It, it's really wild to me. And there's grown women that are guilty of this, like grown women who are dating a grown man. That man's not your husband, but you're talking about him like he is. You'll date him for like two weeks, if that, and he becomes the focal point of every conversation we have with you. It's ridiculous. And I feel like, you know, in a group setting, it's like that woman becomes the joke, whether she realizes it or not, because everybody in the group, individually, privately, is talking about her, you know, talking about how she can't stop talking about this man. And the shittier the man, the more obsessed she is with him. So it's never even a good man. It's always a toxic man, a scrub, you know, just a dude that like is not even really worthwhile, but She's obsessed with him for the time being. And so she creates a whole, her, she centers her whole personality and her lifestyle around what this man is, what he does and what he likes. So we all have to hear about it. You know, those are, those women are just super annoying. Um, And I would even go so far as to say those sorts of women are also the ones who are in the most toxic situations and complain about the same things over and over and over again. And they're not going to break up with the guy. They're just not going to do it. Like, it doesn't matter how many times y'all have the conversation about things he said or done to her. She's not going to break up with them because she doesn't want to. She's not done yet, you know? And it's like just toxic stuff. Like, it's toxic stuff. And the older you get, the less cute it becomes. It becomes really sad and to the point where you start to question if you want to be friends with this person because I don't know. I'm going to get to it in a bit, but women who have bad judgment when it comes to their partners are sometimes really bad friends, and it just needs to be said. Moving on. I find, you know, another thing that's really difficult in these group settings is like differing expectations. So let's just say you're not one of the problematic personalities that I've described. People have different expectations, and it comes out in various ways. So for example, there are women in friend groups who love to party, And their definition of having fun is going out. So you got to go somewhere, be seen, take pictures and and spend money, be in somebody's section. Like these are women who just use friend groups for social clout. They want to look like they're the life of the party on their Instagram. And so you're, you're doing a photo op every time you go out. Now, some women enjoy this. I don't. I like to take pictures of people. I don't necessarily care to be in the pictures. I'm the person taking pictures of the food and of the vibes. I'm not, I don't care to take pictures of myself necessarily, but a lot of women, that's what they like to do. There's nothing wrong with it, but there are certain types where everything is an opportunity for them to be an influencer. And it's like, girl, we just partied last night. It's 9 a.m. Like we're at brunch. We're all hungover. I don't really need to do a photo op right now. You know what I mean? But yeah, with these sorts of women, it's like, all they want to do is spend money and there's nothing wrong with going out. But yet again, that's their whole personality trait is going out and drinking and partying and wearing Fashion Nova. And I'm tired. I'm so tired of it because like there's a time and a place. I think when you were in high school and college, sure. After college, you got to grow up. You can't be 21 forever. You know what I'm saying? You know, you gotta just like you have to stop shopping at Forever 21, once you graduate college, it's time to stop acting like you were 21. Once you hit about 25, 26, it's time out. 
It's time to get some hobbies. It's time to do some other stuff that's enriching your spirit instead of constantly going out and drinking and partying all the time. But there are those kinds of women who that's all they good for. You know, you don't really see here or hear from them otherwise. And it's, it's, it's a little bit frustrating because you feel it feels like it gets in the way of genuine connection and you don't really know what this person is really there to do half the time. Um, it's like they can't just sit at the house and just enjoy having a casual drink and, you know, just hanging out with people indoors. It's never that. It's too low maintenance for them. And I also feel like, you know, what this does, it creates a lot of expectation for everything to be a major production instead of just enjoying the time that you're spending with friends and enjoying the time that you have together. There are some friends who they expect to, let's say you're going to a birthday dinner. They expect for everybody to essentially pay for themselves or to split the bill in weird ways. And the expectations don't line up with what everybody wants. So I was seeing this debate on social media. I was seeing people say that, you know, they don't like going out with people and they have to like split the bill to the exact amount. Like if it's six people going to dinner and we all order appetizers and we all sharing food and doing whatever, whatever, and tasting each other's plates and stuff like that, some people, they're totally fine with just splitting the bill evenly amongst six people. But then you have the one person that's like, well, I only ordered water and I didn't eat anything but air, so I shouldn't have to pay. And it's like, well, okay, that's fair. But, you know, people like to piecemeal and nitpick and, and try to like get out their calculator and decide like, how much they individually should have to pay versus everyone just saying everyone kind of ordered different things. They Everyone ordered something for the table. We all split it amongst each other. Like this more communal thing. Some people don't like that. They're like penny pension to make sure they got the exact amount that they paid for. And I feel like in those situations, it may not be good to go out. Like if you are penny pension to that extent where you are like nickel and diming and you got your calculator out and you know exactly how much you ordered and how much you should pay for when you were eating off everybody else's plate, it's kind of like, you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I feel like in that situation, maybe you shouldn't go out. But then again, it depends on the group expectations. Because in some situations, you know, it's like everybody should just pay for themselves. So if you order a plate for the table then you're putting that on your individual bill only and you're not splitting anything. It doesn't matter, drinks, appetizers, entrees, desserts, whatever. It doesn't matter. If you put in the order, you are paying for it. Some friend groups are like that. Nothing wrong with it whatsoever. Um, but yeah, the expectations of how you split the bill, expectations for you know going out and what was what's within the group's price range, like, all that stuff matters. And I think if you are in an urban city and you live um, in a place where there's a lot of opportunity to do things and you're young, yeah, I do think it matters. I do think there's some relevancy here when it comes time to talking about money and finances and how much you spend going out and how many times you go out, what you do when you go out. But yeah, I just think the expectations um, matter too, especially when it comes to like, um, relationships. If you are in a group, a friend group with women and some of them are in relationships and some are not, there's expectations for what is good conduct or good behavior around people's significant others. And like, uh, do you go on double dates or, or couples 
trips or anything like that? Like, is that something that you're interested in? You know? Uh, yeah. So I, I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of different things that could potentially happen. So when I'm in friend groups, I'm just considering all these different variables is what I'm saying. Now, another thing that has come up a lot with female friend groups is like going on trips. Now, this one is controversial, but I'm actually not a fan of friendship trips. I'm not actually. I genuinely feel like, although it's nice to do, I don't enjoy going on vacations with other people outside of my boyfriend because most of the time our expectations are not aligned. And I also feel like I am always put in the position to like plan or organize. And I don't like that because I'm a type A person and I stress out about little things. I get anxiety. So I, instead of experiencing the trip, am thinking a million ways to Sunday about the logistics of how we're going to go from point A to point B. What are we doing? The itinerary and whatever. And that's exhausting for me. Like that's a lot of labor. So, for example, when I went to uh, New Orleans on my birthday for in this year, so in 2022, I turned 26 and I went to New Orleans with two people. Now, granted, it was a good vacation, but we went for a week and I was exhausted. By the third or fourth day, I was so exhausted with coming up with, with, with uh, how we were going to get from point A to point B, waking everybody up, making sure we're there you know, at the right place at the right time. Um, if we need reservations doing that, I had come up with an itinerary for every single day. So nothing with the itinerary changed, but it's like just with two people, making sure everybody's up at the same time, everybody's ready to go eat, everybody's happy or having a good time. Like I'm constantly stressing, stressing out about making sure everyone's having a good experience to the point where it impacted my experience. You know what I mean? And I get it. It was my birthday trip, but I was like, I'm overwhelmed. Like I was stressed out. And I remember telling my boyfriend, like, I don't want to do this for a while. I don't want to plan a trip. I just want to go. So I've learned the value of getting um, a travel agent or something to plan these little details out. I've learned to hire a company, hire an agent, get somebody that can do this for me because I refuse used to do that again but in new orleans ain't even a big deal and the two women i went with are lovely people they weren't like stressful or drama filled or anything but i was stressed like it, i don't think they understood that because they're just there for the vibes in their mind they're just there to have a good time they're just there to like i don't know just be there just to be on the trip and like there's nothing wrong with that but like after a while, I was like, I'm tired. Like mentally, I'm drained trying to make sure, you know, we got all the logistics planned out for every day, every step of the way. So my boyfriend ended up planning a trip where we went to um, Eureka Springs um, for Labor Day because he, you know, I was telling him about my experience and he said, well, I'll plan the trip. So you don't have to do anything. You can just show up. And now on this trip with me, you can relax. And I think he did a pretty good job. He picked a really nice cabin and it was a good experience overall. I actually enjoyed it. I mean, it wasn't perfect because, you know, he's a man, but I think he did a pretty good job. You know, he's not as detail oriented as I am, but it was pretty good for just a quick little weekend away. Anyway, all I'm saying is that like girl trips are great 
but I'm not gonna do it myself. I'm not gonna plan things myself. And I think my trip went pretty well because we all had similar expectations for what we were going to do on said trip. So I said, hey, like this is mainly gonna be a food trip. I'm gonna try a lot of different types of restaurants. Are there certain types of places you wanna go? Like, do you care to go to clubs? Like, what is the vibe? And both of them were like, I'll do whatever you wanna do. And I was like, that's fine, but I you, there's a, such a thing called like decision fatigue where you make so many decisions every single day that you become tired by the end. That's how I felt. Because when nobody has an opinion, Everything comes down to one person to plan and execute, which then puts a lot more stress on the person whose birthday it is than you would really prefer, you know? So it's kind of like trying to accommodate people who don't really have preferences or are not vocal about preferences. So anyway, as you can hear, it's it's, it's stressful just talking about it because <laughs> I'm an overthinker and I overanalyze and it's a lot. But anyway, you get the point. Expectations matter. Um, so moving right along, um, but yeah, a lot of times in friend groups, I do feel like even in the best case scenario, it's a lot of, it's a lot of different personalities and it can be overwhelming. Um, I know in the past and even currently when you have friends that are extroverted, it can be good, but there's also negatives to that. And like when you have friends female friends who are extroverted, sometimes that means that a lot of men pay attention to you and they try to come up and talk to you guys and you may get something for free out of it. You may not, but whatever. Um, I also feel like too, when you are, have friends that are extroverted, sometimes you'll have a friend that's like a messy drunk. So when they party, and they love to go and then and they go out, they just party and they're they get stupid wasted. Now, I am not the friend that gets stupid wasted 99% of the time. For my birthday, that one particular night, on my actual birthday, I got stupid drunk. But to be fair, I did not do it on purpose. I was genuinely doing it by accident. And by the time I realized it, I was like, like crazy blacked out I can't believe it but yeah I will never do that again um the last time that happened it was my 22nd birthday but in both situations I wasn't intentionally drinking too much it just happened because I didn't know my limit I didn't realize I I hit the wall because the alcohol kind of hit me all at once but anyway 99% of the time I'm typically not going to get that drunk hardly ever usually just a little buzz Maybe a drink or two, and that's about it for the night. Um, But yeah, there are people who just get like sloppy drunk all the time. You're constantly having to, you know, nurture them, take care of them. Some people do crazy stuff when they're drunk. I just fall asleep. I get really horny, and then I just get sleepy. But some people, they're just out there like doing crazy stuff. And you have to keep track of them and make sure that they don't go off with somebody or whatever. So you got to, you know, really be like aware is is what I'm trying to say and I'm not gonna lie it can get really scary sometimes like as as women you know the outcome if you have a noticeably drunk friend there's gonna be guys that may try to get with them or 
or try to talk to you. And that's the problem with having some extroverted friends who just love to party is that like, what comes with that is some crazy situations you have to get them out of, you know? But anyway, um, <laughs> so yeah, those are some of the most immediate things I think of when I think about being, you know, female friends with women and some of the different dynamics. Um, I know one thing that happens a lot though, and this is something that I was thinking about even tonight, was sometimes I really don't know how to deal with female friends who are throw digs or shade at you. And so they're, they're, they're basically making little comments, not all the time, but occasionally, enough for you to like take pause. And that's happened to me before, and I never know how to respond because I'm conscious of the fact that like, if I say something, I'm going to be too overt and I'm gonna be perceived as the aggressor when I actually did nothing wrong. I'm just responding to passive aggressive behavior. And it's hard, right? Because these people are intentionally trying to poke the bear because they know that you're not gonna do anything. And if you do say something, then they can just say, oh, you're so aggressive. Oh, you're doing too much. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, it's an easy cop out for them. I don't, I don't, I don't speak passive aggressive. Like I understand when someone's being passive aggressive, but I'm not a passive aggressive or covert person. It requires being very subtle in a way that just doesn't come naturally to me because I am so genuine and I do wear my heart on my sleeve a little bit. Um, I'm not easy to read, but I do have a lot of emotions. And so I think sometimes it's really difficult to navigate those situations. And granted, I don't consider those people my real friends, you know? Like, your real friends are not there to make you look bad. Your real friends are not going to try and undermine you in front of an audience or even in private. But still, it happens. And the I think because I'm not super quick-witted, I'm not, like, always having a quick comeback, I've just never been that kind of person. I'm also hesitant or slow to anger and slow to react. I usually don't react to things. I'm, I really think through how I want to respond. And that lack of a quick comeback has helped me in many situations. But when you need to check someone and let them know that their, their, I don't know, their comment was not a good thing or their comment was, was problematic, it can be bad for you to not check them quickly in that moment. If you let the moment pass, it almost feels like you co-signed your own disrespect. So having to navigate that is really interesting because once again, like people, you have to teach people how to treat you. And I think the lack of respect that some women have is really an issue. It is, it's really an issue. And I've seen that a lot. Um, I know there's some subtle things that can happen. So if you're in a group of women and you try to contribute to the conversation and then somebody talks over you or ignores you or, you know what I'm saying? Or you find out that other people were invited to something and that you weren't or that some of the other 
women were hanging out together and you were not invited. Like how that makes you feel. You feel overlooked, right? And it's like that was on purpose. Like people did not invite you on purpose. And I think once you've experienced that, you start to pick that up and understand that like not only was it purposeful, but if you find out about plans that were pre-established and you were not told from the beginning, you were told last minute, you shouldn't go. You shouldn't go because you weren't wanted in the first place, you know? Like if that person wanted you to go, they would have told you first. They didn't tell you first because you're probably filling in for somebody that was originally supposed to go and couldn't. Like you were not the first choice or the first option, you know? And um, I think like when you have female friends, it's very, very common versus with men, it feels like the standards for being a close friend are relatively low. All you have to do is like the same things and you can hang out. You know what I mean? Versus with women, it's much more complex. It's it's like not just not just if you have things in common, but your social standing impacts how people respect you. Like I'm going to be so for real right now. I think because I'm in the middle of my glow up, like I'm slowly glowing up, but I think people can only see you as far as they see themselves or they can only look at you and remember the old you. They don't really understand or know the new version of you or what you're working on today. So I do see a situation where when I glow up, a lot more people are going to take notice and try to come into my life and say X, Y, and Z or ask for favors. And it's like, honestly, we were never cool. Like you never paid attention to me. Or if we actually were cool, it seems like you didn't respect me. And then now it's something different. Like, no, I remember when you sneak dissed me. I remember when, you know, you kind of made it seem like I was an inconvenience to you. So I'm going to have to think about if I extend an invitation to X event or think about if I do, you know, whatever, whatever for you. Because at the end of the day, you definitely made it clear that you didn't respect me. You didn't. You know what I'm saying? And I know that seems kind of petty, but it's true. It's it's really, really true. Um, but anyway, another dynamic that I wanted to talk about, which I have experienced quite often, is attractive women who surround themselves with women who are not as attractive as them. Or there's a friend that doesn't fit the group aesthetic. And it's obvious that they don't. And the reason I bring this up is because oftentimes people hang out with others who are like them. So you surround yourself with people who are most like you. People who look very similar to you in terms of attractiveness or appearance. People who make a, about the same money as you. Or You know what I'm saying? Like you surround yourself with people who remind you of you. And so whenever there's a deviation from that, especially when it comes to women, that is a topic because like I said, I do think women understand hierarchy or understand um, social status. And this is not to imply that there's a hierarchy within the group. It's just more so like they're aware. They're aware is what I'm trying to say. And I think um, if you are the type of woman who has high social status and you have the designer bags and a certain look and aesthetic, I do think people are nicer to you and do treat you better, 
period. And I also think that what tends to happen is like when women are thinking about who to go out with, they're considering who looks good in pictures. And this is all subconscious, mind you. Who looks good in pictures? Who do men prefer? Who do men like? Who is going to be able to get me in the VIP section at a lounge? Who's going to get me a free bottle, right? Who's going to get me the attention of that, you know, D-list celebrity in the club? You know what I'm saying? Like, these are things that matter to, to some women. Status matters. And even if it's not about getting attention from men, it's about social status. It's about, you know, how can your status help me as a woman? Like, you know, I want to be friends with certain types of people who work at certain types of companies and have certain types of backgrounds because that makes me look good being affiliated with you, being connected to you. You know what I mean? Um, I think that's a real thing. And I understand that. But the downside is people are using you sometimes. And I had to come to that conclusion. Like the higher up I go, I have to really look at the friends I'm surrounding myself with. Because at the end of the day, like, yes, I want to benefit from my friendships, but I also want to to not be the best person in the group. I don't want to be the best in terms of appearance or status or anything. Like I want to be growing and I can only grow if I look at the people around me and make sure that that circle is reflective of my growth. And I have seen women who are insecure and they don't feel this way. And so they they actually have women who they think are going to be less competition than them uh, because they are competing for resources and time. So when they want to go out, they're going out with you know women who make them look good, you know? Or you'll see situations where you'll have um, a group of friends and one person in the group is noticeably less attractive than the others because her function is to be the designated driver or to be the mom friend. Typically, you'll have situations where the quote-unquote unattractive or duff friend is there to perform some sort of labor. And I would even go so far as to say that colorism plays a role in this because, and this is controversial, but true, in my friendships and with, with like certain types of women, if there's a friend group, I've seen consistently, it is the lighter skinned women in the group who are the most, um, how should I say, they tend to need more emotional support or tend to demand it, I should say. So typically, and I'm saying this because I've had several friends experience something very similar. The lighter skinned women in the group are typically the ones who are used to getting attention. If you go out in groups to clubs or events or whatever, where there is predominantly black people. So you'll find that these women just assume this, that this will be the case for them. And they like anticipate it. So if there's like a designated driver, they'll make the darker skinned woman the designated driver because she's not supposed to be the life of the party. You know what I'm saying? Or how should I say? Um, they'll make one of the, the darker skinned women the one who is constantly looking out for the other girls, constantly making sure that, you know, all everyone is safe and everyone's having a good time. They are really looking to elicit labor from the darker skinned ones. And like, 
I, I, I know I'm not crazy because I've talked to friends about this before too. And they also agreed. Like if you're going out to a party and you have like four or five girls, if there's a dark skinned girl in the group, guess who's going to be the one who's looking out for everybody else in the group versus the one who is getting a lot of male attention um, and who is potentially getting things for free. Like, I'm just saying, I've noticed this very consistently in friend groups and like, I think it should be, it should be discussed, like how colorism plays a role in these friendship dynamics, because I'm telling you, I don't know what it is, but I feel like the fair skinned women in these groups are often taking a lot for granted. Like even in my own personal relationships, like they treat the darker skinned women as if they're an accessory. Like they don't actually consider you as important as them. They treat you like the strong friend who can handle more. And it's like, you do, you can tell if somebody really fucks with you when they actually ask you about your life. Because they seem interested in people other than themselves. Like they automatically assume that their lives are more important. That they are the main character and everyone else is a side character. And it's like, no, girl, you are a main character in your life. But in my life, you are a side character, maybe even an extra. Like, I'm telling y'all, this is a real thing. And I can't wait to see the DMs on Instagram about this because it's a common problem. And like, I get it. Like the halo effect is a real thing. You know, if you think someone's more attractive, then you automatically give them these more positive personality traits, like more noble, more honest, more successful, um, more hardworking. We attribute more positive things to people that we think are more attractive. But, you know, colorism doesn't necessarily mean someone's more attractive. It just means that they're fair skin. That's all it means. And there's social and, and, and financial benefits that come with that. But anyway, um, so yeah, I think, you know, in terms of some of my female friendships, I think that they can be very complicated and there's not always a clear way to deal with some of the personalities that you come across. I mean, I've been in friendships with women who were more difficult than I've been in friendships with women who are actually pretty easy and affable um, pretty easy to get along with. I've been in friendships with women who were very guarded. And I've had friendships with women who are very open with their emotions. I mean, there's been plenty of times where I was the bad friend who wasn't able to be relied upon. And then I was the friend who was considered the strong friend that was there for everyone. I think it just depends on, you know, where in life you connect with these women. And, and also um, the group dynamic, because it does play a role. But if I were to think of the number one challenge that I've had um, with a lot of women, specifically black women as friends, because I am a black woman, the number one problem is a tie. It'll either be between man-worshipping behaviors or maybe trauma bonding. And they're both related. So it's kind of like a toss-up. <laughs> it's a toss-up because... I do know a lot of black women who will do anything for a man. Like it's actually really depressing. And it's part of the reason why I've kind of stopped trying to have a ton of female friends. 
Because, and I've talked about this in a live stream before. If you don't check out my live streams on TikTok, you have to because we talk about a lot of cool topics and just hang out. But one thing that has become clear to me is that I meant it. When I said that I was a womanist or a woman supporting women, I was, I meant that shit. Like, I don't surround myself with the idea of getting a husband or getting a man. If I were to have the most ideal scenario, it would be a compound that was owned and ran by women, that we all had stake in in this and we all bought property, we pooled our money and resources together, get property, and we all live together in harmony. And we have a little garden and we, you know, we, we do our thing. That's what I would want. But the average woman is like so focused on getting married that y'all are preparing for a future of marriage while living in your parents' house. Like, it would be so much easier if four to five women would just pool their money and resources together to buy a home than it would be to try to go it alone or, you know, live in your parents' house until you're 30 because you want to get married to uh, somebody's son. Like, like y'all are preparing for your future and you think it's a given that you will be married. Like, you just assume you'll be married without understanding that you may or may not be married. And if you do get married... It may take you a long time. Like y'all live your lives centered around the idea of a man being the soul existence, your soul existence. Like y'all get boyfriends and act like you can't call your friends anymore. Imagine what will happen when you get married. You'll just drop off the face of the earth. And like, I get it. Like it's exciting to be in a relationship, but your friends, your friends are still important. They still, they still matter. Don't they? Right? And so I don't know, it's really frustrating being in this situation where it's like you have to sit here and watch someone lose themselves in a man. Or there's plenty of situations where, and and like I said, man-worshipping behavior comes in a variety of different ways, but it's not just centering your entire life around a man, every conversation or whatever, every phone call is about that man. It's not even just that. Some of the man-worshipping behavior can also come down to a lot of your activism is centered around men. That's that's the most annoying shit ever. I see all these posts about the latest person shot, murdered, killed, missing, or whatever, but it's always a man. It's never a woman. It's never a femme. It's never a trans woman. It's just always a man. And it's like, that's kind of weird, right? You know, you, you get that's a little weird that you don't really support other women, right? You know, I'm just being honest, y'all. I'm being honest. I see a lot of it. In black women and I just personally me personally I can't do it like and you can see them coming a mile away you can't like you can see these types of women coming a mile away if you're the type of woman that's gonna tell me about submitting to a man we already on a different page and it's, and it's nothing personal right because when I was younger I used to talk that talk but then I got older I got smarter I got a personality I, I had more life experience life taught me that you cannot center your entire life around a man, even if he's a good one. Focus on yourself, you know what I mean? But yeah, there's plenty of women out there who love Kevin Samuels and toxic podcasts and just crazy stuff. Like, it's, it's, just, it's just too much. It, it's too much, you know? Um, there's those women, but like I said, the second thing, which is the, the trauma bonding, I think that is related to man-worshipping behavior. Because some of y'all trauma bond by talking about men and how much you hate men. And and it's just like annoying. It's annoying. 
Like when I've actually been through this before where I was trauma bonding with other women over life experiences and, and I guess like family issues and stuff. And, and don't get me wrong, I do think that it was good to, to have that kind of support from somebody who gets it, who gets what it's like to grow up with a family that's just toxic or whatever. But like, if that's all you have in common with the person talking about your negative experiences and you don't really share life's joys together, then that's a problem, right? And I realized that there was one person in particular who was a good person, but I realized that like, we did a lot of trauma bonding early on in our relationship as friends. And it, and looking back, I'm like, you know, we should have talked more about things that were going right in our lives. It's like when things were going right for us, we didn't talk as much. We didn't hang out as much. Now, there's a lot of reasons for this, but it's still, it, it, it can't really be a coincidence. That the second that we actually got hobbies, we got boyfriends, we got lives and and we were moving forward and doing certain things that we started talking to each other less and less and less because we had nothing to complain about. And like, that's sad, but it's true. And yeah, some women do trauma bond over men, over relationships, over baby daddies and stuff. And it's like, I don't want that to be the reason why black women connect. Like if, will any of your relationships or not relationships, will any of your conversations ever pass the Bechdel test? Like be honest. Is everything that you do, everything you talk about about a man, you know? So I don't know. This is just stuff that um, I think is one of the biggest indicators that, like, I can't be friends with a woman or maybe even one of the biggest icks. Because the man-worshipping behavior is such a huge ick. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know that there's women who they just can't quit a toxic man. That's a huge ick for me. And I told y'all I was going to circle back around to it, but it's, it's, a, it's a form of trauma. <clears throat> it's a form of trauma. You know, one man does you dirty and, you know, he cheats or he lies or mistreats you, whatever. And you, you stay with him and then, you know, you complain about it, but you still decide to stay. And then he does it again and then you complain and decide to stay. Then he does it again and you complain and you pretend to leave, but you come right back and you, you go on about your day. And so that sort of toxic behavior a lot of women are caught up in that toxic cycle and their friends can't do nothing about it i mean if we say something you bite our heads off if we talk about it and we try to tell you our opinion you don't like it you start arguments over it you know you'll tell us all this horrible stuff that he's doing to you and then when we as your friends say hey he's doing horrible things to you and we we, we just repeat back what you told us now it's a problem now it's an issue now we arguing now you catch an attitude. It's like, sis, I'm going based off what you told us. And I don't know. It's just really upsetting because it causes a rift in the friendship. Like, I definitely do know people where this has happened, where, you know, they were with a shitty dude or a dude that nobody liked. And the friends just started dropping off one after another because they couldn't take it. Because it's like ridiculous, right? <laughs> And so I don't know, like that, that's a huge ick when it comes to women in friendships. Like if you're the type that's constantly getting disrespected in relationships, constantly getting cheated on or whatever, not only is your judgment super bad, but I can't trust anything that you say because a woman with no sexual discipline or emotional discipline would let any dude run her over. You know what I mean? And at that point, if I like, 
I need the type of friends that can hold me accountable and can tell me when I'm wrong, but also tell me when a man is doing some shit that I need to I need to admit is bad and leave. Like that's the kind of friends I I need. You know what I mean? Like you gotta be able to tell me the truth, even if you don't like that. You don't like it. You know? You don't want if even if I don't want to hear it, it still needs to be said, right? And I don't know. I feel like it's really interesting to like. <laughs> see women just like I don't know get in these situations and not want their friends to hold them accountable that's all I'm trying to say I just I just personally me personally can't do it um but anyway so I, I'm still working through some of my experiences with with female friendships and I know that a lot of us are probably just harboring a lot of mother wounds and that's probably the number one reason why some women can't make female friends um that's probably the number one reason like for all the things that i've said in this episode a lot of the experiences i've had with different types of friends and group dynamics and whatever and you know maybe some of my icks but i do genuinely believe that female friends are worth having and if you can't really make female friends everybody else can't be the problem like I get it I get like there's a lot of toxic women out there it's not just the men there's a lot of toxic women who have these toxic traits and behaviors and who honestly can't give you advice worth shit because their lives are a mess they can't hold you accountable because they can't even hold themselves accountable they have no emotional discipline no sexual discipline they just they just a mess you know what I mean I totally get that but it's everybody if you find that every woman that you meet is jacked up you need to take a look in the mirror because birds of a feather flock together like you can't sit here and be like oh my god i'm only you know these women are just so bad and it's like you do see the common denominator right because what do y'all have in common y'all were hanging out so what did you have in common what were y'all talking about what how did y'all meet for every woman to be in that same situation with you. Every woman to be toxic. And, you know, it comes from like that mother wound. A lot of our mothers were either narcissistic, had narcissistic tendencies, or maybe they're just unavailable, unsupportive, um, overly critical, maybe even unstable, right? So I get that, the feeling that like you take those experiences from when you were a child with your mother and it starts to look like every woman has those traits uh, but it can't be every woman that's the problem and I know this because you know I was in that predicament I mean I grew up with a mother that had deep rejection issues and so what it would end up happening is that like she would warn me about other women to make it seem like women were inherently untrustworthy and unreliable and they would they would stab me in the back or or try to wear the same clothes that I was wearing as if that's a problem. Like seriously, like I remember one time my mom was like, if a woman asks you what you're wearing and where did you get it from, you shouldn't tell her because she's just gonna wear it. She's gonna show up with it the next day. And it's like, why is that a problem? <laughs> like, who cares if we got the same bag? Like <laughs> But my mom really cared. My mom had a lot of rejection issues with women and, and being in female, female friend groups. And I get why. I do. Like, some women are trash. 
But every woman isn't the problem. And the more I see my mom relate to other women, the more I realize you just got a lot of rejection issues and insecurities and to the point where it's a fulfilling prophecy. Now a lot of women don't like you because you don't like a lot of women. You know, like, <laughs> like you're making it seem like the world is happening to you, but ma'am, you are what's happening to the world. <laughs> like you are something else. You, you're a piece of work. And maybe other women are not the only problem here. Maybe you also could use some work in how you communicate. And I don't know, like, I, I, I feel like, you know, before I was really aware of my own insecurities and the way that I was projecting onto other women, you, you darn skippy. I used to have um, some internalized misogyny and, and misogynoir even. Because, hey, listen, there's nothing worse than a black woman who's been mistreated or bullied by other black women because y'all become menaces as an adult. Good God. Like, I, I don't know if y'all saw this, but I know Candace Owens as an example. Um, she posted a whole YouTube video about her opinion on black women and then proceeds to talk about how she got bullied as a child. And then you know who she calls in for backup? You know the expert on black women that she calls to, to do an interview to discuss for her video? Ben Carson. I know. I know. Like Ben Carson. Why is he relevant? Couldn't tell you, but that was her brilliant idea. Like she literally made a video about what she thinks about black women, like as a group, and then starts talking about how she was bullied as if being bullied or, or mistreated is a uniquely black woman experience. I don't get it. Like white girls can be bullies too. I don't get it. But anyway, it's just so interesting to see that and Candace Owens is actually a perfect case study for this, or that, that serious wound and rejection that she has where she overlooked all the white kids that sent her death threats, but the black girls in, in, in middle school were the problem. Like, girl, the white people were literally trying to beat you up and hurt you and sent you racist death threats, but the black girls not befriending you was what, what was really, what, what, what really did it for you? It's, it's crazy to me. <laughs> and the thing is, there were black kids who went to her school that were nothing like what she's describing, and they actually supported and liked Candace. But like I said, Candace had this idea of she's a victim, so it doesn't really matter. Like she felt like at the end of the day, those girls were mean to her, and she wasn't realizing that those weren't all those weren't the only black girls in the school. She could have made friends and did whatever, whatever, but she chose her path. And now as an adult, look at her. Misogynistic and all talking to black men about black women. I'm like, that's a man. His opinion on women is irrelevant. This is a housekeeping issue. You know what I mean? <sighs> but anyway, yeah, those mother wounds are serious. And it definitely can prevent you from making happy and healthy relationships with other women, which you absolutely need. I would never say, like, if I were to tell my younger brothers any sort of things to look out for that would let them know a woman is untrustworthy, disloyal, and weird. One of the first things I would say is she doesn't have female friends because we all need them at the end of the day. Women can be great friends and I do have some really good friends. I mean, I've had some bad ones too, but mostly good ones. So I don't know. Once I stop, you know, once, once I 
stopped getting in my own way and stopped making excuses for my own toxic behavior and started taking accountability, my friends became better. I picked better women to be friends with. And yeah, not going to lie. At times, my life is pretty boring because my friends and I, we just be sitting around. Like, we don't really be doing nothing for real, but it's fine. It's totally fine. It's, it's actually preferred that we live very carefree, chill you know, laid back lives where we're not really having drama. We don't really argue or, or do anything like there's nothing wrong with that. That's kind of the way it should be, you know? So anyway, I hope that you guys enjoy this episode about friendships. Of course, I will be releasing more content related to this topic because there's a lot to unpack. But I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening. And of course, please like and share this podcast with the people that you know and love. And of course, DM me with any of your thoughts and opinions on this topic at It's More Than Potential on Instagram. All right, that's it for now. I'll talk to you guys in the next one. Bye.